0: Uncle Sam's Last Big Lottery by F. A. Miller. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Saturday Evening Post, July 9, 1904. Uncle Sam's Last Big Lottery. When President Roosevelt signed the proclamation opening the Sioux Indian lands of the Rosebud Reservation in South Dakota, he made possible the transformation of 382,000 acres of wild and uncultivated land into one of the most productive and quickly populated sections of farmland in the United States. That this possibility is already realized and that all previous records for travel to a new land of promise will be broken by the rosebud movement in July of this year is clearly apparent from the great number of inquiries received by the United States Land Office at Chamberlain, South Dakota, and by the Western Railroads. Probably never before in the history of the Northwest has there been an equal interest in the opening to settlement of any other tract of government lands. The reason for this intense interest are not far to seek. The cities of the East and the Central West are closely crowded. These centers of population contain a large class of discontented inhabitants, a struggling multitude weary of the dreary turmoil and competition of the denser communities. They are anxious to acquire farms on their own, the products of which will support them in comfort, provide for their children, and ensure for themselves in their declining years a substantial competency. Perhaps a still larger class attracted to the opening of the Rosebud Reservation is recruited from the juniors of the American farmers. Certainly the junior farmer will be numerously in evidence and will make a model settler. His father has done well and prospered on a farm in one of the central states and would gladly give each of his boys a good start on the highway to independence. But he finds that land in their home county has quadrupled in value since he settled and that to buy farms there for his son does not appear to be the wisest investment. The opening of Uncle Sam's big land lottery, however, offers an ideal opportunity for the farmer's son. Trained on the home farm, backed with sufficient capital to to make his first payment of one dollar an acre on 160 acres, and perhaps double that amount for necessary buildings, implements, and other items of equipment, he starts under peculiar advantages in a state whose fertile farms have given it a prominent rank. In a recent letter to me, Governor Charles H. Harriet of South Dakota concisely covered the subject under consideration in these words. Here the fortunate homeseeker seeker may secure some of the best land in the Northwest. Here homes may be established, not in some far-off wilderness, but adjacent to organized, prosperous communities, having the advantages of modern rural civilization. On every quarter section of Rosebud Reservation Land, before next Thanksgiving Day, will be found some enterprising homesteader. Several houses and churches will spring up as if by magic. The hunting grounds of the Indian Braves will soon be the scene of marvelous activity and prosperity. During the last six years, South Dakota has produced annually more wealth per capita than any other state in the union. Why? Because we have the energy, intelligence, enterprise, and natural advantages. Land on the Installment Plan Uncle Sam, evidently imbued with the spirit of the times, has provided that the sale of these newest bargains shall be made upon the modern installment or easy payment plan. A dollar down and 75 cents a year on each acre for four years in a general way covers the advertisement of this federal installment offering no fee whatever is required to register for one of the quarter section land bargains but those who are fortunate in the drawing and make final entry must pay the land office fees amounting to fourteen dollars for a hundred and sixty acres in addition to the first payment of one dollar an acre in the opening of the Rosebud Reservation, there will be no picturesque and chaotic race from the border line, with horses, bicycles, and automobiles as pacemakers. Uncle Sam has tried this undignified and barbaric experiment in opening other reservations and has decided to submit the question of selection to chance rather than to speed and violence. To those who anticipate a mighty rush and a quick grab for the best lands, he will say, Back to the land office. There will be no race today. It is unnecessary to quote the act of Congress or the President's proclamation opening the Rosebud Reservation to settlement in order to show just what must be done to obtain one of these farms of 160 acres. The clearest statement of all the rules and qualifications come from the Government Land Commissioner at Chamberlain, South Dakota, and is, in brief, as follows. None but persons qualified to make entry will be permitted to register for the Rosebud Lands in Gregory County, South Dakota. Qualifications to make homestead are Not the owner of more than 160 acres of land in any state or territory A citizen of the United States, native-born or naturalized by first or second papers over the age of 21 years or the head of a family, bona fide intentions to make entry and comply with the homestead laws of the United States for own use and benefit, and not directly or indirectly for the use or benefit of any other person, has not, since August thirtieth, 1890, entered under the public land laws of the United States, a quantity of land which, with a legal homestead, would make more than 320 acres, has not heretofore perfected or abandoned an entry under the homestead laws of the United States. Honorably discharged soldiers and sailors of the Civil or Spanish-American Wars or their widows may, by power of attorney, appoint an agent and furnish him with a copy of discharge or other competent evidence of military service and honorable discharge. Such agent can register for one person, so appointing him only and for himself. No person will be permitted to register more than once or in any other than his true name. Any person who shall transfer his registration certificate will thereby lose all benefits of the registration and will be precluded from entering or settling upon any of said lands during the first 60 days. As soon as registered, each person will be given a certificate of registration which will entitle him to go upon and examine the land. This certificate must be preserved and presented with application by those entitled to make entry. Dates of registration July 5th to July 23rd, 1904, both days inclusive. Places of registration, Chamberlain, Yankton, Fairfax, and Bonesteel, South Dakota. Manner of registration, in person at the time and places mentioned. Drawing for right of entry begins July 28th, 1904 at Chamberlain and continues until the names of all persons registered have been drawn each person will be notified by postal card at the address given by him when he registers of the drawing of his name and of the time he must present his application to make entry the drawing will be made under the supervision and management of the secretary of the interior through the commissioner of the general land office and a committee appointed by him every safeguard to ensure fairness will be adopted it is not essential that the persons registered shall be present at the drawing unless they wish no one will gain or lose anything by the time place or order of his registration persons whose names are drawn thereby secure the right to make selection of the lands and homestead entry therefore in the order of drawing, beginning with number 1. Entries begin August eighth, nineteen 1904, at 9 o'clock a.m. in Bonesteel, South Dakota. The names of the first 100 drawn will be called on that day, the second 100 on the following day, and in like manner, 100 on each day until the lands are exhausted. If at the time of considering his regular application to make entry, It shall be found that any applicant is disqualified from making homestead entry. His application will be rejected, notwithstanding his prior registration. Within six months after making entry, the homestead claimant must establish a residence in a house on his claim and thereafter reside continuously upon the land and cultivate the name for the period of five years. No fee whatever is required at the time of registration. Each person must procure and execute the proper and necessary papers for registration, for which notaries and other proper officers will be permitted to make a reasonable charge of 25 cents for each person. The executed papers must be presented by the person to the registering officer. Those who become entitled by the drawing to make entry must, at the time of filing their homestead applications, pay the land office fees, which amount to $14 for 160 acres, and in addition thereto, $1 per acre for the amount of land embraced in the application. The fee for a soldier's declaratory statement is $2, payable at the time of filing the same, which must be in the order of the drawing at the end of two years three years four years and within six months after the expiration of five years respectively from the date of making entry the claimant must pay seventy five cents per acre for the land embraced in his entry defaulting any payment at the time it becomes due forfeits all right to the land and the entry will be canceled at any time after fourteen months of continuous residence and cultivation any person who shall have made a homestead entry for the lands in question may make a commutation proof upon such entry upon payment of the balance of the purchase price for the land then remaining unpaid the land office fees and commissions and in addition thereto one dollar and twenty five cents per acre for the land for the privilege of such commutation. Upon lands filed upon within the first three months after August 8, 1904, the commutation price will be $5.25 per acre, besides fees and commissions. No person will be allowed to settle upon any of the Rosebud lands until after October 8, 1904, except those who shall make entry therefore pursuant to the act and proclamation. Is it worth it, do you ask? A thousand times yes. The government has surrounded its bargain counter with only such conditions as will keep away those who would speculate in its generosity. The provisions given above are all for the interest of the honest home seeker, who would in good faith follow Horace Greeley's famous advice. When the reader considers that the Rosebud lands are bounded on three sides by splendidly developed farmlands, with communities of well-to-do farmers owning substantial and permanent homes and farms valued at $15 to $35 an acre, he can best judge of the rich promise the immediate future holds in store for the settler on the Rosebud Reservation lands. What the Country is Like the country to be opened is adapted to diversified farming. The land is too valuable to be used to any extent for grazing. Those who wish land for a cattle range would do well to go directly west of Chamberlain, South Dakota, in Lyman County, where four hundred thousand acres of land are now open to homestead entry. General farming in South Dakota includes the growing of corn, wheat, oats, hay, barley, rye, flax of potatoes and other vegetables, and of fruits, the raising of poultry, and the pursuit of dairying. Gently undulating prairie land forms about half of the tract to be open. The other half is rough and broken. The bottom lands along the Missouri River, and the lands near the numerous large creeks are narrow, and the land is rough. Back from the river, the uplands are 700 to 800 feet above the level of the Missouri River or about 2,000 feet above sea level. With the exception of about a dozen sandy sections, all of the 382,000 acres are well adapted to farming. Near the Missouri River, the soil consists of a loose but rich black loam free from sand or grit and underlaid by a loose yellow clay. The entire reservation is well watered from numerous creeks rivers and many permanent springs on the uplands an abundant supply of water is furnished from tubular wells and flowing artesian wells have been sunk along the missouri and whetstone rivers along all the streams considerable timber is found rainfall is ample and the climate is most delightful being identical with that of the eastern parts of South Dakota and Nebraska and northwestern Iowa. As a rule, little snow falls before the holidays, and cattle and horses find green grass until December. The long Indian summer gives opportunity to care for all crops during pleasant weather. The heavy falls of snow during midwinter are followed by sunshine. No greater tribute could be paid South Dakota climate than to state that thousands of cattle subsist through the entire winter without shelter or without food other than the grass of the prairies it is natural for the prospective settler to indulge in the fancy of drawing first choice in uncle sam's last big lottery and prospectively to build not merely a castle but an entire city and yet there are populous towns and cities already built on the land recently open to settlement. In the territory of oklahoma those who are fortunate enough to secure at an initial cost of one dollar an acre the sites on which the towns of the rosebud tract will be founded undoubtedly will win a rich prize is there any way by which these town sites can be foretold none that i know of personal inspection of the reservation and a study of its local geography might best to fit the settler to choose the land he wishes when his name is drawn out of the hat at Chamberlain in July. There are but 2,400 quarter sections of the Rosebud Reservation to be given out by Uncle Sam. The number who have already indicated an intention to register for those lands is more than 25,000. It is altogether probable that many who register are not lucky on the draw will take up less valuable homesteads in Lyman County or make other settlement in South Dakota. Such an increase in the population means more than an increase in the number of farmers and cattlemen. There will be a corresponding demand for carpenters, blacksmith, and other tradespeople. The sudden transformation of an Indian reservation into a civilized agricultural community presents unusual opportunities for success in every important trade, calling, and profession. The Rosebud Reservation will be opened without scenes of disorder. The abolition of the Grand Rush is a wise precaution to that end. Steps have been taken to prevent congestion of transportation facilities and to save the towns of Chamberlain, Yankton, Geddes, Platte and others from having their populations multiplied many times during one or two days at the time of registry. The railroads, instead of making low rates for one or two days only, announce them for every day from July 1st to 23rd inclusive with a return limit on the tickets of August 31st. For transportation to the reservation from the nearest town, hundreds of horses and carriages have been secured. The distances vary from 6 to 20 miles. As Chamberlain, Gettys, Platt, and Yankton have for five years been central points in South Dakota land movements, their stage lines and livery facilities will be equal to the demand. Many settlers in going to the reservation will go directly from the Government Land Office at Chamberlain to the reservation by boat down the Missouri River five steamboats will make this trip of 30 miles downstream and provide an easy means of access for those who do not care to ride or drive by road. To appreciate the prospective development of the present Indian tract, it is worthwhile to consider what South Dakota, outside the reservation, has done in recent years. South Dakota is long on wealth but short on people. For the sixth consecutive year, South Dakota in 1903 led all other states in the Union in the production of per capita wealth. This is a good sign for the prospective settler who naturally prefers to avoid communities that are crowded and lands that do not yield rich and profitable returns. South Dakota is larger by one-fourth than the area of all the New England states, but its population is only about half a million people or approximately 6 to the square mile. In studying the 1903 crop report of South Dakota, one is impressed with these returns of new wealth produced. Livestock $35,950,164 Wheat $29,422,900 Corn 15819000 hay and fodder, $13,840,000, minerals, stones, and cement, $10,000,000. The fact that the 1903 table of products amounts to $14,939,264, more than the 1902 total, shows by what bounds the Sunshine State has been leaping forward. With the development of lands now held by the Indians, and with the anticipated increase in population this year, the production of new wealth during the next five years will undoubtedly make even the rapid progress of the last few years appear slow by comparison. End of Uncle Sam's Last Big Lottery, read by Mary in Arkansas